Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is February 7th. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me blog and we're going to jump into 2 Nephi chapter 2. I'm so excited to be jumping into this chapter. It is absolutely one of my favorite chapters in the Book of Mormon. And as I was telling my husband that we were going to start chapter two today, he got really excited for me because he said, oh, that's one of your favorites. This is going to be such an easy week for you. And I laughed because sometimes I feel like the more I love the verses and the more I love the chapters, the more difficult it is for me to narrow in on what I want to talk about and what scriptures I want to focus on. So hopefully through the Spirit, we go the right direction here, but let's just get started. Starting in verse 1, we find out that Lehi is talking to Jacob here in this chapter. He says, And now, Jacob, I speak unto you. Thou art my firstborn in the days of my tribulation in the wilderness. And behold, in thy childhood thou hast suffered afflictions and much sorrow because of the rudeness of thy brethren. That's interesting to me. He's saying this suffering that you've experienced, the affliction that you've dealt with, isn't because you came to earth while we were traveling in the wilderness. It's not because of the hardships that our family has gone through. The bulk of your tribulation has been because of the choices of others. And that really hit me because I do feel like oftentimes that's the case in mortality. That yes, sometimes we bring hardship and affliction on ourselves through our choices. Sometimes difficulty and affliction are just part of this mortal journey. But oftentimes difficulty and affliction are the result of someone else's choices. But fortunately, the Savior's atonement can bless us with strength to forgive those choices and to move past that hurt. Elder Scott gave a talk. He specifically was talking about abuse, but I think that these principles are true for any kind of hurt that others inflict on us. He said, you cannot erase what's been done, but you can forgive. Forgiveness heals terrible, tragic wounds, for it allows the love of God to purge your heart and mind of the poison of hate. It cleanses your consciousness of the desire for revenge. It makes place for the purifying, healing, restoring love of the Lord. Bitterness and hatred are harmful. They produce much that is destructive. They postpone the relief and healing you yearn for. Through rationalization and self-pity, they can transform a victim into an abuser. Let God be the judge. You cannot do it as well as he can. So I love that counsel. And we see that as Lehi continues his words to Jacob. So he says, you've suffered so much sorrow and affliction because of your brethren Nevertheless, Jacob, so in spite of all that difficulty, in spite of that affliction and sorrow, thou knowest the greatness of God, and he shall consecrate thine afflictions for thy gain. I love that promise that's given to us there. Again, another Elder Scott quote, he said, just when it all seems to be going right, challenges often come in multiple doses applied simultaneously. How true is that statement? Challenges often come in multiple doses all simultaneously. He continues, when those trials are not consequences of your disobedience, they are evidence that the Lord feels you are prepared to grow more. Therefore, he gives you experiences that stimulate growth, understanding, and compassion, which polish you for your everlasting benefit. To get from where you are to where he wants you to be requires a lot of stretching and generally entails discomfort and pain. Now, as much as I would like that quote to be comforting, <laughs> it is hard to hear. 
because it shows us that oftentimes we are going to experience a whole lot of hurt, a whole lot of trials, challenges coming in multiple doses all at the same time. But that oftentimes those are evidences that God is ready for us to grow. And that if we'll turn to him in those trials and turn to him in those pains and afflictions, that he can use those afflictions to polish us, to help us grow, to stimulate our compassion and our understanding. And even though that stretching might be uncomfortable or painful, it's necessary to get us where our Father in Heaven needs us to be. So Lehi is going to continue talking and he's going to talk more about how Jacob is blessed because of his knowledge of the Redeemer and because of his having been redeemed. And then in verse four, he's going to say something really interesting. He's talking about the Savior. He's talking about the Redeemer. And then he says, and the way is prepared from the fall of man and salvation is free. Now, that's such an interesting place to insert the fall until we understand how the fall and the atonement of Jesus Christ are connected. President Benson once taught that just as a man does not really desire food until he is hungry, so he does not desire the salvation of Christ until he knows why he needs Christ. And so coming to a better understanding of the fall and its effect on us as men and women helps us to better turn to the Savior for all our needs, not just for our forgiveness or for repentance, but for healing from affliction and from our trials and difficulties as well. Now here, Lehi is going to start talking a little bit more about the plan of salvation, and he's going to talk a little bit more about agency. Verse 5, he says, And men are instructed sufficiently that they may know good from evil. And the law is given unto men, and by the law no flesh is justified. Or by the law men are cut off. Yea, by the temporal law they were cut off, and also by the spiritual law. They perish from that which is good, and become miserable forever." This is the idea of coming to understand why we need the atonement. God is a God of law, and he is a God that has to be obedient to that law. And the law is that we need to be justified in order to return to him. But also by that law, none of us can be justified because of the fall. None of us are going to be perfect. None of us are going to be sinless. None of us are going to be without spot. And that is the spiritual predicament of this lifetime right? That even when we are trying our hardest to be good, the natural man, the natural woman is going to cause us to make mistakes. And those mistakes will cause us to be cut off forever. And that's really sad and depressing until we read the next verse. It says, wherefore, redemption cometh in and through the holy Messiah, for he is full of grace and truth. That is the solution right there, because you and I, we cannot save ourselves. We could spend our entire lives doing everything in our power, trying to be our very best, and we would still fall short of the kingdom of God. One person's little sin of a little white lie keeps them out of heaven the same way another person's infidelity keeps them out of heaven. Sin is sin, and we all fall short of the glory of God. And so our Father in Heaven, understanding that, understanding perfectly the fall and what it would do to distance us from Him, He prepared the perfect plan of salvation. He prepared our Savior and our Redeemer, not to come down here and to just grant us all a heavenly pardon. He doesn't just wave His hand and make it all go away. 
He took upon himself the consequences of our sin. He took upon himself the weight of the justice of sin, so that in return he can offer us grace and mercy. If only we will turn to him, accept that grace, apply it in our lives, and strive to be better. We often say that God can't look upon sin with the least degree of allowance, but it's my belief that he will treat the sinner with the greatest degree of mercy that the law will allow. And in order to give us all the grace and all the mercy, we have to come unto Christ. We have to allow him to be our Savior and our Redeemer. Elder Wickman once said, It is the penitent, those who repent of their sins, upon whom mercy has her claim. Justice cannot reach them, for their debt is paid by mercy. And this is the ultimate manifestation of the divine charitable justice of God. I love that phrase, the charitable justice of God. We still have to do our part. We still have to turn to the Savior. We still have to repent and change. But the mercy of our Savior gives us strength to keep trying and gives us the chance to begin again. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.